Back here, Brian Westbrook, talking the Dallas Cowboys now. Dak Prescott, who will reportedly sign his $31.4 million exclusive franchise tender today. The two sides, the Cowboys and Dak, still have until July 15th to work out a long-term deal. Hey, look, Nick, it's a step in the right direction. We've been talking about this for months, but, but looking ahead now, you expect the Cowboys to get a long-term deal done with Dak by that July 15th franchise tag deadline? Well, Jenna, I'd love to give you a definitive answer. And I know that's kind of the whole idea of sports television is definitive answers and back it up. Yep. And, I, and I feel like I usually do a pretty good job of that. But I must admit, every step of this negotiating process has baffled me because each party seems to be doing things for the other side, yet they're embroiled in this 16-month war. The Cowboys, every chance they get, Give Dak Prescott flowers. Hire a head coach. Excited to work with Dak Prescott. He's the face of the franchise. He's going to be here forever. Just continuing to up his leverage. And then when Dak finally actually has real leverage, which is we do have a new coach. We are a Super Bowl contender. This is an uh, odder offseason than anyone's ever had. What if I'm not there? Three weeks before the deadline to sign the tag, he's like, by the way, guys, don't worry about it. I'll be there. Let me sign it. I don't understand. I do, but I, it's a sign in the right direction. Dak gave up the only real piece of leverage he had for this season, which is, yeah, I'll play for you, but I'm going to miss all the offseason. The moment he signs this, they know, and essentially now they know, he's going to be there the entirety of the offseason. But the reason I think Dak has been so strident in his stance is, he knows, he, he already knew pre-pandemic, he held the hammer of, do you really want to tag me in back-to-back -back years? And while this is something you and I were talking about before the show, if, if they end up having to tag him this year and he can hold the hammer of next year's $38 million, because of what could happen with the cap, that could be devastating for Dallas. He already has the biggest cap hit in football this season and at $31 million. 38 million wilds I feel like could be untenable for them. So maybe that's why Dak has been able to be like, it's four years, it's 35 million a year at a minimum, and I'm not moving off of it because he knows next season 38 million is not doable for. Yeah, so if it's not doable because of the gate, the NFL loses the entire gate. We don't know how the season's going to play out, how many fans, if any fans, will be able to be allowed in the stadium. That's a big uh big revenue loss so if the cap goes down from 200 who knows what it ends up and then but that 38 million dollar number doesn't move that's why i think eventually the deal gets done july 15th is the deadline jay glazer said look the, it's going to get done one way or another dak is going to be the quarterback of the dallas cowboys for a long long time i think most football fans are sort of like have wrapped their head around that like look he's the quarterback of the cowboys I don't want to have to break out a spreadsheet every time I talk about the NFC East. So, Brian, I think that Dak is sort of locked into Dallas one way or another. You know, Kevin, I, I kind of feel like he's locked in, but I think he was forced to be locked in. And I, I kind of agree with Nick. I'm surprised that Dak signed this so long before the, the deadline, the June, July 15th deadline. And, and here's the reason why. You had up until that point decide just to try to get a long-term deal but this is what I think Dak is made of. He wants to get in. He wants to work. This is the reason why yeah. I believe Dak has signed this deal. He wants to go find out and figure out that new offense. He wants to be with Mike McCarthy. He wants to show you the type of leader 
that has made him the guy that I think deserves his contract. He's been the face of that franchise. He's been a leader in the locker room. He stepped up and said things when it was tough to say those things. And by the way, he's coming off his best season in his career. So he wants to get with Mike McCarthy. He wants to learn the offense. He knows that he's coming off the best season of his career. But not only that, he's gotten more weapons. He adds C.D. Lamb. You get another year of Michael Gallup. You have Amari Cooper under contract as well as Zeke. And so now he has the ability to not only have a better season than he had last year, but a better record. So when they go back to the table, and I don't think the deal gets done, the long-term deal gets done before July 15th, but after the season, he has oh, to, wow. the, the Cowboys have to either say, they're going to give him $38 million, or we're going to give you a long-term deal. And I think at that point, that asks for more money coming off this season, a good yep. season, him betting on himself than he did before. So to me, I'm surprised. But now I think that Dak has backed the Cowboys into a relative corner by saying, OK, I'm going to come in, but I also will be expecting to go out there and have a great season. And when I do, I'm going to either want more money or a much bigger part of your cap with that $37 million hit. It's such a great point, Brian. He's got a great team. He knows it. He's got a new coach. He's got tons of weapons, and he wants to get in there. So, Nick, let's spit it forward a little bit. Now he's most likely going to be showing up for training camp and, and play for the season under center. Is this a Super Bowl team, this Dallas Cowboys team? Oh, I think that they can make the case. They are. There's no team in the NFC demonstrably better than them. Listen, I think the two best teams in football are Kansas City and Baltimore, and I believe one of the two, those two is overwhelmingly likely to come out of the AFC. But there is not a clear great team in the NFC or not a team that is clearly greater than Dallas. I think Dallas's biggest issue last year was coaching and that Jason Garrett's message, for lack of a better term, has got, had gotten stale. And even though McCarthy had some issues at the end of his run in Green Bay, I think he is obviously a, a professional better than average at the very least head coach that on his second time around will fix up some of the things he did wrong in Green Bay. But look around the rest of the conference. Like, who are the best teams? Green Bay, who I would say had a tumultuous offseason, did not get demonstrably better. And it, it, you worry all of a sudden about the relationship they have with their best and most important player. New Orleans is the Vegas favorite out of the NFC. But they do have a 40-year-old quarterback that at the end of the season two years ago dipped down and the very end of last season dipped down. There's Seattle. I like Seattle a lot. You wonder if they're going to innovate their offensive scheme enough to really compete for a championship in modern football. And then there's San Francisco. Even if you're not worried about the Super Bowl hangover part of it, I do worry about the overall level of their quarterback, certainly now, that Emmanuel Sanders is gone and Debo Samuel is hurt. So I don't think there's a team better positioned than Dallas as far as the preseason favorites. Are they my pick to go to the Super Bowl? Probably not, Wilds. But if you pick them, I don't think it's like, well, how can you do that when they have this glaring weakness? I don't see a glaring weakness on the roster, Wilds. Yeah, that you reserve that in case anyone picks the Buccaneers. That's the Nick breaks out the hammer. Ah, oh, glaring we the glaring weakness. Excuse. Look, they're favored to win uh, the NFC East. They're the fourth best odds to win uh, the entire NFC, and they've got the sixth best odds to win the Super Bowl. So, Brian, it's the actual answer is like, yeah, they've got a great chance. The question I have, and, and uh, the question I have for you, is first year coach. Do you think that is like, hey? New blood, let's get in here. New momentum, brand new. Does that help or hurt them on their path to the Super Bowl? 
Well, I, I agree with you. I think it's new blood, new momentum, and I think that's the reason why Dak uh, signed the deal so early so they can get in there and work with Mike McCarthy, who I believe he thinks can better him as a quarterback coming off a career year. But I, I think this helps that football team. What the Dallas Cowboys have proven over the last couple of years is that they could have the most talent in the NFC. They can have the best players. They can have all these different things. However, the wins, the wins in the playoffs have been lacking at this point until that happens then we, we can't really say that these Dallas Cowboys are a playoff contender or a Super Bowl contender for that matter. They have to find a way to win some of these big-time games. And, and until I'm proven differently, the NFC East goes through Philadelphia. And until Dallas can do it... Spoken like a true paper, former Eagle, on Brian. The field, well, of course, I'm <laughs> speaking from my heart, but my mind is also... Yeah, I know you stuff. are. Until they can do it on the field... We don't know what the Dallas Cowboys are. They've always had one of the best offensive lines. They've always had one of the better running backs. They've had good receiving core in the past. Now they have to show it on the field. That came off a great year, uh, personally, as far as his numbers. But the team did not win a lot of games, didn't even make it to the playoffs. So it's a different perspective. And I think Mike McCarthy can help this team get over that hump just a bit. I, I, I Nick, guess you think the pushback they would in the be... First? Go well, ahead, listen, I, there's not a team. The, the Eagles are the team in the NFC East that's proven it in the postseason, but their quarterback wasn't there for it, so you feel like both teams kind of need to prove it in the postseason. The, the, last year, Dallas and Philly were the same. Flip a coin it, to say who you think was better. I know Philly ended up winning the division. But I feel like Dallas had a far better offseason than Philly. They got better at head coach. That doesn't say Mike McCarthy's better than Doug Peterson, but the Cowboys were at a massive deficit against the Eagles, in my opinion, at head coaching spot. That now changed. The Cowboys drafted the wide receiver I'm sure Philly would have loved to have been able to take with their first-round pick. And going into the draft, we said Philly was the team, not Dallas, that desperately needed that wide receiver. And they both I would say they both suffered an impromptu loss along their offensive line. Travis Frederick's retirement combined with Brandon Brooks' torn Achilles. So to me, those cancel each other out. So I, I just think Dallas is the better overall team right now within that division. And what both those teams have going for them, Jenna, as far as making the postseason being Super Bowl contenders, is you have two of, I believe, the worst teams in the entire league in Washington and the Giants that you get a quarter of your schedule against. A healthy lifestyle should be easy, right? Eat veggies, drink green smoothies, exercise, get your heart rate up, and do yoga to bring your heart rate back down. Well, maybe not so easy, but there is something that helps improve everything, and you can literally do it with your eyes closed. It's sleep. Sleep Number knows what it takes to sleep your best. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed lets you choose your ideal firmness, comfort, and support on each side, your Sleep Number setting. It's the perfect solution for couples. These beds are so smart. They respond to your every move and automatically adjust to keep you sleeping comfortably all night. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. And now for a limited time during the Memorial Day sale, save a thousand dollars on the new Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed, a queen, now only $17.99. You'll only find Sleep Number at Sleep Number stores or by visiting www.sleepnumber.com. Major League Baseball is back. MLB announcing there is an agreement in place to begin the 2020 season. Great news for baseball fans across the country. And America's home for baseball this summer, as always, will be Fox. 
and FS1. Back here on First Things First, with the return of Ben Roethlisberger from elbow surgery with a healthy James Conner, the Pittsburgh Steelers could be in the driver's seat this season. And let's talk about that driver's seat with the aforementioned Pro Bowl running back James Conner. James, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. I, I'd ask you how you've been, but I, you've been a very, very busy man. You're working out, you bought your dad, surprised him with a new truck, and then you casually <laughs> co-wrote and published a book during your free time. I took up Pilates. I Don't even compare. Uh, the book is called Fear is a Choice. Let's start there. Tell us about the book. Yeah, Fear is a Choice. Uh, my memoir, uh, my partner with Harper Collins, and um, had the opportunity to write this book. And uh, so far, the feedback from it has been amazing. So that's been a blessing. The book is just, uh, you know, about tackling life's challenges with dignity, faith, and determination. And, um, you know, just want to get something down and want to give the people something that they could, you know, come back to and apply to their life. Just about adversity, knowing that it, that happens in life and, and knowing there's a way to, to be better and grow from it. So um, really, really excited about it. James, congratulations on the book. Um, I, I am a little bit upset with you, though. After I saw the video of you giving your father a truck, my own father was very upset with the restaurant gift certificate I gave him. I really, you made the bar <laughs> so high. It's tough for the rest of us to compete. Can you tell us about the story of you giving your dad a truck and how much it meant to him and how you came up with the idea? Well, well your father should be, you know, he should be, it's a thought that counts, you know, so he should still like the gift car. Um, but, you know, my dad's been wanting a truck for a little while now, you know, it's something that he said he always wanted and um, I had the opportunity to do that this year, you know, been, been saving up and and uh, once you surprise him with that a little early, you know, for Father's Day. Uh, he came down to Pittsburgh. I surprised him with it there. I got the truck from uh, from Bowser GMC in Pittsburgh. Um, they've been a great partner of mine. And so, uh, yeah, just wanted to really surprise him. I got the idea from uh, one of my old teammates at Pitt, Aaron Donald. He he got his dad a truck, and and I knew my dad's reaction would, would be priceless, like it like it was and like it's showing. Uh, so, you know, just a blessing to be a blessing, and so happy I could I could do that for him. Well, your old teammate at Pittsburgh, Aaron Donald, could have got his dad a dealership. Like, I mean, if you, you got your dad a truck, <laughs> you're on your first contract. Uh, but um, all right, tell us a little bit, if you don't mind, about your relationship with your dad. Because I've read a little bit about it. I saw, obviously, that video. I thought it was, I thought it was a beautiful moment. But I also think, given your story, which I know you obviously outline in the book, uh, I, I think it's worth expanding on, if you will, and how important that's been to you throughout college and now into the pros. Yeah, my father was a working man. You know, he, he's been very busy his whole life, you know, working countless hours. Um, and so for me to be able to do that, it's just, you know, like I say, it's like I always say, it's a blessing. And, um, you know, he supported me and things that I've done always believed in me. So um, I think I just figured, you know, let, let's do that for him. Um, you know, he, He's, he's awesome, and so, uh, like I said, he's a working man, and so he deserves it. That's awesome. It's a great story. All right, I want to ask you some uh, on-the-field questions. You are entering the uh, final deal of your rookie year with the Steelers. We're about a month away from training camp, assuming everything goes as planned. Do you, James, have specific goals for yourself heading into this season? A lot of eyes on this team. Big Ben's coming back. A lot of people looking to see what you guys can do, but you specifically, do you have an idea of where you'd like to see yourself go over the course of this next season? Uh, well, uh, I take a person to get the run game going, so that's the first and foremost, you know, I'm a running back, that's my job. So um, at the end of the day, we just want to win. That's all it's about. Like you said, uh, we're getting our quarterback back. 
uh, back and healthy. And so we're, we're going to rally around him and, and be excited about that. Uh, but the goal has always been to win. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, we have a standard there. Uh, and so we're, we're trying to get to, 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 the highest, to the highest game, and that's that Super Bowl. And so that's, that's really our goal, the only goal in mind. Uh, I know when we win, everything else will take care of itself. And uh, I'm doing the best I can to get my body right and uh, to, to stay healthy and, and uh, just be that good teammate and, and, and be a leader out there. So uh, you know, I'm excited about what's to come. I hope we can get started soon, and, and uh, it, it'll be a big year for us. You had a quote that you said the Big Ben's ball was whistling. Is there a specific moment where you're like, wow, this guy is back and you have full confidence in him? Is it actually like hearing the ball whistle? Well, that's, that was just good to hear, you know, but we uh, we got together and we were throwing. Uh, Juju Switzer that was there and uh, Ben was throwing, throwing it around and uh, he was just looking confident. So um, I know his work ethic and how he works and, and what he wants to do. And that's one again, you know, he already has Super Bowl. So um, I'm confident in him just because of his resume and who he is as a person and how he leads us. So, uh, you know, I know he'll be ready. How tough was it for you guys last year going without, you know, the leader of your team, the guy who's been the quarterback of this team for 15 years, going a bit of a quarter carousel deal, Mason and Duck and back and forth that hey, you guys, you guys were right there, you know, alive for the playoffs with a few weeks left in the season fell off at the end. But how, how tough was it going into each week, knowing that you, you were going to be at something of a deficit because of the inexperience at quarterback after having played with one of the most experienced quarterbacks in football? Uh, it was definitely tough when he went down week two, um, but I mean, I, we we knew he was down on week two, and so uh, we we just had to get after it uh, week after week. Um, we didn't dwell on the fact that you know he wasn't there. We still had games to play, and so um, it was like I said, it was tough when he went down. But the show had to continue, and uh, we 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 try to get max effort and and go out there and, and win still. And so uh, you know, but nothing we can do to get last year back. So uh, we're just kind of focused on the future. Hey, James, give us an idea of, of, if you can, just from conversations you've probably had with Ben Roethlisberger, like how excited is he to come back and how antsy has he been having to basically watch all last season and rehab and all of it and see what the team did just to, to get back out on the field and be around you guys when that is uh, possible? Oh, well, well, he just loves the game. You know, he's been at it for so many years. And so um, he, he's just super excited. Um, yeah, I know he wants to go out there and just win it. So uh, we're not talking. We don't do too much talking. That's uh, one thing Coach T preaches is not. We got we, at the end of the day, we we measure how how successful we are by our performance. And so um, all the all work we do in the off season, that's all great. But you know, it comes down to to what the season looks like and and how well we we perform. So uh, I know he's excited to get back out there, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. James, with everyone in quarantine, how have your workouts been? You posted this Instagram picture that we ran on the show a few weeks ago, and we were shocked. I think Nick's claimed it was photoshopped. Uh, can you tell us about, about your workouts yeah. in the offseason? I don't believe it. And was this photoshopped? <laughs> um, it's been awesome. Uh, when the quarantine first started, I just told myself, uh, come out this thing better than, than when we started. And so uh, I was in Pittsburgh for the quarantine. I was, I was, I was training hard up there. Um, you know, I was training with Ambie and Janet uh, up in Pittsburgh for a while. And my mother was was with me, uh, helping me with my nutrition and diet. Uh, now I'm currently in Florida and I'm working with Aaron Sane. And we've been, he's been on, helping me with the diet and, and workouts and I'm at, at Bomberito's training. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a group effort. I've just been putting in my work and I got a great team around me. Well, with everybody helping me, uh, good support cast. And so, 
the team is solid, man. We're just trying to, you know, I'm getting help from from a lot of people, and so that's how we can make these things possible. Like I said, I'm doing everything I can to to stay healthy and get this body right. And so um, hopefully we can perform. You notice what I didn't hear there, a denial that that was Photoshopped. Listen, you don't have to get into it. I feel like it was just distorted, <laughs> stretched a little, distorted a little bit up at the top. All right, you, you referenced Coach Tomlin, James. Uh, I, I think for some reason, despite never having a losing season, being to multiple Super Bowls, winning a championship, he's not talked about as, you know, aside from Belichick, the best coach in the NFL. And I think he has an argument that Belichick's kind of established himself separately, that of all the other coaches, he's the best. What makes him so successful, and what's something as a player about him that you particularly appreciate? What I love him, uh, about, the, about him as a coach is just the honesty. You know, uh, he doesn't ever sugarcoat anything. You know, he tells it like it is always. And uh, also the good thing about him is he, he doesn't really care for the praise. You know, he, he has one job and one focus, and that's all he cares about uh, is winning. And so that's the reason why, you know, his records have been what they've been. And so um, he, he coach doesn't need the praise. He doesn't need an applause. He doesn't care for all that. Um, but like I said, he's just so honest, and uh, he's a great leadership. He has great leadership skills, um, believes in us, gives us the utmost confidence week in and week out. And so uh, it's, it's phenomenal playing for him. Um, it's, you know, like I said, I was – I was uh, at Pitt, and, and I got to see him work and uh, just watch how he led those guys. And so now it's just awesome to be a part of it. And so uh, phenomenal coach, and, uh, you know, we just going to keep rolling. All right, James, let's have a little fun. I'm going to ask you a question. Don't think too much. Just give me the first name that pops into your head. Here we go. Best running back in the NFL not named James Conner. Uh, that's tough. I got to get two. Make Saquon or McCaffrey. Okay. Oh, okay, I like it. All right, here we go. Best best team in the AFC, not name the Steelers. Best team in the AFC, uh, Baltimore. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. They, they, you get a chance. Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Nick's having a moral like, heart attack. I'm a fan, I'm a fan, I'm a fan of Lamar. I didn't even say the division. It's true. He's got Lamar over Mahomes, Nick. You better drink that coffee. Which defensive player, James, do you most want to deliver a stiff arm on that you haven't already? You got someone in mind? Uh, uh, Aaron Donald. <laughs> That's my man. Oh, my yeah. Aaron Donald. I, I, I got to let Nick react quickly to him picking the Ravens over the Chiefs. He's most worried about no, listen, I get it. over yeah, the I understand Steelers. They don't want the Ravens have a chip on their shoulder. Chiefs, the Chiefs. The Chiefs won a Super Bowl. I mean, so I mean, I just you said don't think too much. So I just, I just, you know. I got it. No, uh, you're going I'll, good, I'll just, and I want to see you. I want to see you mush face Aaron Donald. I like it. Your second and your third answer you made up for the second answer. It's all good, man. There's no beef here. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, James Conner, your new book is called Fear Is a Choice. Thank you so much for joining us. All the best to you. We'll take a break. Much more on the other side. First things first. So, so much talk, right, about the Lakers and the Clippers. Let's not forget about Giannis and the Bucks. Head coach Mike Budenholzer says this time off is a, quote, huge advantage for Milwaukee because Giannis is, quote, completely and totally healthy and in a great place both mentally and physically. Remember, he had missed the Bucks' last two games before the break with a knee injury. So, Nick, let's start there with a healthy Giannis. What do you think is more likely for this Milwaukee team? Winning it all or missing the finals? Oh. Oh, the oh playoffs, Jenna, rather. that's the... That, 
No, no, they're missing the finals. You got it right. The, 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 you, you nailed it. That's the easiest question I've ever been asked. Winning it all. The, huh. the Bucks are going to be in the NBA Finals. I am more confident the Bucks are going to be in the NBA Finals than I am of my pick to actually win the NBA Finals that the Lakers will be in the NBA Finals. The, people need to remember last season. Last season, the Bucks were a double overtime game away from not only going to the finals, but they would have then won the finals. They had up to that point, they were 10 and one in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And then they lost that double overtime game and things went awry for them from there. I know Broussard will say Kawhi Leonard activated the Infinity Stone. I think it's a little more in depth than that. But Kawhi Leonard's not in the conference anymore, so it doesn't even matter. This is the best team in the East by far. They've got a guy who's about to win his second consecutive league MVP, and he should. LeBron should finish second, but Giannis should win the award. And whenever we talk about the Bucks, we say, yeah, but they don't have a great second star. And while Chris Middleton isn't the name that some of these other guys' second stars is, Chris Middleton is having mm -hmm. a better season than, for example, Kawhi's second star than Paul George. Chris Middleton's having a 50-40-90 year, a 50 40, 90 year for Chris Middleton. I, you have a few concerns about the coach in the playoffs. I understand that. But who in the East is challenging them? That, that's what someone's going to have to explain to me. Now, in the, in the finals, not only do I think they will be challenged, I think they can be beaten and they will be beaten because they're going to be facing LeBron and the Lakers. But, no, I, I would be gobsmacked, Wilds, if the Bucks don't represent the Eastern Conference in these NBA finals. <laughs> Yeah, it takes a lot for you to be gobsmacked, Nick. So that's a good take. Look, I think the Bucks are a little bit, the Bucks are a little bit like fresh squeezed orange juice. You get a little fresh squeezed uh -huh. orange juice. You say, "Wow, this is going to be great," and then you have a sip of it. And you said, "You know what? This is ten times better than I realized. It's great and still underrated." Because rather than talk about the Bucks making it to the finals or winning the finals, we should really be talking about the Bucks being one of the best teams of all time when we look at their point differential. Right up there with Wilt and Kareem and Jordan. And here's the little bit of what makes them super underrated. Their star player barely plays. We can show how many minutes he's playing a game. Look at the he's up there with Dennis Schroeder, Giannis, Darius Garland, and Joe Harris. He's barely playing Broussard. So when Budenholzer talks about keeping him healthy. They're, that was their plan the entire year. They've limited his workload. Not like Harden's playing a ton of minutes, Dame's playing a ton of minutes, Russ is playing a ton of minutes. So I think the I think the Bucks roll here and come October we'll be talking about are they one of the best teams of all time. Wow. I'm gobsmacked. That's true. Gobsmacked. And then gobsmacked that Nick thinks this is such an easy question. I think it's tough because one, I do think the Bucks will win the East, so I will give them that. However, I give them very little chance, very little, of beating whichever L.A. team comes out of the West and reaches the finals. So I am going to say they have a better chance of missing the finals. Oh, boy. Look, they, they, could, they could end up being like those last two teams LeBron was on in Cleveland before going to Miami. Those teams were very good. They were tremendous in the regular season. 66 wins, 61 wins, but couldn't get over the hump in the Eastern Conference playoffs because of matchups or a lack of talent or a second guy that could get it done. And that kind of reminds me of Milwaukee. 
They're a one-man show, just like LeBron was with those squads in Cleveland. Chris Middleton, he deserved to be an all-star the last two years. He is a very good player. But we saw something very disturbing last year when, yes, Kawhi activated the Infinity oh Stone <laughs> and Middleton went the opposite way. Less than 14 points on 41% shooting a game against Toronto in that series. He only totaled 20 points in the last two games, Nick. So I am not sure that when push comes to shove, is Middleton going to be there? Plus, you've got teams you know that they're going to pack it in and make Giannis shoot the three or shoot the outside jumper. He's improved, but still below 31% from three. I'm picking Milwaukee in the East, but it is not going to be easy. I think Boston, which is very well coached, which is oh, very please. good talent, is going to be tough. You always <laughs> like to dismiss the Celtics, but watch out for them. Well, the Celtics, if the, if the bracket holds, Celtics are going to have trouble getting out of the first round against Philly. But, man, the legend of Kawhi Leonard continues to grow because <laughs> Broussard's been telling me for nine months that Kawhi Leonard shut down Giannis those final four games. Now it turns out Kawhi Leonard shut down Giannis and Chris Middleton. So I guess that Infinity Stone <laughs> involves some type of duplica duplication process, cloning process, where he was two places at once. So more, more credit to the reigning finals MVP, Kawhi Leonard. I, l listen, I, I understand Wilde's point about the point differential, and I think, and I know Broussard, you know, metaphorically or literally rolled his eyes. He just wasn't on camera. If they win the title, we are going to have to put them in that discussion because of that. It should be noted, though, that we showed the top five in point differential where the Bucks are fifth. If you expanded it to the top ten, you get three other teams, the 2016 Warriors, the 2016 Spurs, and the 72 Bucks all of which did not win the finals. So you, the top four always have. We'll see which direction Milwaukee goes. But I, the, I'm just really taken aback a bit by Kawhi Leonard. I mean, it's not even the topic of the conversation, but wow, man. Shut down the top two guys on the Bucks. More power to him. Maybe he is the best player in basketball. I didn't know it was possible, Jenna. Hey, Broussard, let that sink in for a second. The other issue here is how much pressure the Bucks are under right now to win. It almost feels like they need to win this year if they want any chance of keeping Giannis long-term uh, on the team. So I wonder how much, uh, how the, the Bucks' postseason success, how that impacts the future of Giannis staying in Milwaukee. Well, first, let me say this. I, I did not say Kawhi Leonard guarded Chris Middleton. I know he guarded Giannis. <laughs> I, I just wanted to get uh, that Infinity Stone comment in, so I had to throw uh, Kawhi okay, in. But Middleton bad, did disappear. You know that. But, yeah. to Jenna, to your point, there's pressure for them to get to the finals. Obviously, they want to win it all, but if they get to the finals and don't win, if they get to the finals and play the Clippers or the Lakers tough and lose, I think that'll be viewed as a step in the right direction as we're on our way and the following season we can win it. So the biggest the biggest problem for Giannis's future in Milwaukee will be if they don't get to the finals. That's when I think he will really begin to think like, okay, do we have enough here to ever win it at all? And so that's the challenge for them. But remember, they've got him locked up for one more season after this. So as long as they get to the finals and then they'll have another chance to win it next year, or let, let me back up a little. If they don't reach the finals, 
the pressure will be on them to make a big change, a, a big personnel move oh, that will give them a better chance the, the last year with Giannis to get to the finals and maybe win it. I, I still think he'll have a... They got one more year to, you know, to, to make him feel like they can win it. He's a loyal guy. So there's no need to panic if they don't win it all this year. That's interesting, Broussard. The, the idea that they would make a big move is really interesting. I don't know what that move would be. They're so good in the regular season, and their point differential is great. You would think that as constructed, they're built to win the finals. But if they run into some trouble, I'm going to throw it back to you. What move do you think they would make? I, I don't know. It, it would be tough because, as you said, they, they're running through teams in the regular season. They've got size. They're great defensively. They shoot the three well. But, my look, getting to the finals and losing, I don't think necess necessitates a huge move. If they lose in the Eastern Conference playoffs, I don't think they can set, stand pat and just think, hmm. okay, hey, we're, you know, we're, we're going to get there next year and win it. I think they would have to to try to keep Giannis. I totally agree with you, Broussard, that if they don't make the finals, I wouldn't trade Giannis even if he says if they miss the finals and he says I'm not re-signing, I would still wouldn't trade him because you can win the title next year and change his mind. It's not an Anthony Davis situation where he tells you he's leaving and you know you can't win the title, so you have to get what you can try to get. But the where I would push back a bit as far as or where I would agree with you, I should say, is if they don't make the finals, you have to make a massive change. You use the comparison of LeBron's sixth and seventh years in the league, his last two years in Cleveland. Those were great regular season teams that missed the finals. But they at least could in their head justify it in, well, in year six, we lost to another, a guy who at the time was a top five player in the league, Dwight Howard, at the peak of his powers and a team that was clicking on all cylinders. And in year seven, we lost to the big three in Boston, a team that had already won a championship and was about to go seven in the next finals. There are no teams like that in the East. There is no peak of his powers, mm -hmm. Dwight Howard in the East, other than Giannis. There is no big three in Boston in the East. So if they were to stumble again this year, then I do think... No matter if Giannis signs the extension or not, you can't just run it back. But I don't think they're going to stumble. I think they're going to roll through the Eastern Conference and then face a really tough matchup in the NBA Finals against the Lakers, maybe against the Rockets. And I guess there's an outside chance the Clippers are there.